This is Sideline Tackle. Women's soccer has grown exponentially in the last few years. Dedicated fans have broken records time and again, buying tickets and merch at an unprecedented speed and volume. From sold-out stadiums in La Liga Femenil to the massive buzz around soccer's biggest tournament, it's truly awe-inspiring to see how far the women's sport of soccer has come. Even 20 years ago, this level of fervor for women's soccer was unimaginable. And yet, in the very early 20th century, thousands of fans of every gender came out to watch thrilling matches with some of the most talented players around. Many came to watch one woman in particular, a woman that defied obstacles, fought in every sense of the word, and rose to an amazing prominence. Her name is Lily Parr. Lillian Parr was born near the factory where her father worked in St. Helens, Lancashire, on August 20th in 1905. From a young age, Lily Parr had little patience or interest for women's work. Instead, she had her big brothers train and coach her in soccer. And she spent even more time practicing on her own, developing what would become her signature powerful kicks and aggressive style of play. She played for the St. Helens ladies briefly, until a match against an opponent that would change her life. It started and ended like any other match, but the manager of the opposing team noticed the formidable teenager, standing nearly six feet tall with natural talent and honed skill, and offered her a spot on his team. Lily Parr and her parents accepted the offer. So... At the age of 14, she moved to Preston and signed to the Dick Kerr ladies team. Now, keep in mind, this was 1919, and World War I was well underway. Dick Kerr ladies wasn't just a soccer team. It was a munitions factory. As the men went off to the front lines, women stepped into the factories and factory owners created recreational teams for these munitionettes. These teams were more than entertainment. They were morale boosters to lift the spirits of factory workers and raise money for wartime charities. Most factories had their own teams, with rosters filled out by their employees. Lily Parr didn't just play for Dick Kerr & Co. She worked in their factory assembly line, and she was paid well for both. For good reason, too. Women's soccer was popular. A few years before par signing, the Dick Kerr ladies faced off against an opponent to a crowd of 10,000. On Christmas Day, no less. After Lily Parr joined the squad, they were regularly drawing in thousands. She was described as a natural footballer, magical, and clever on the ball. She played her first season to adoring fans, scoring a total of 43 goals and earning a reputation for the kick she'd spent hours perfecting. 
A year later, 15-year-old Lily Parr played in the first-ever women's international tournament, representing England. The tournament consisted of four games, and it came down to England and France in the final match. A crowd of 25,000 watched as Lily Parr led the team to victory, with a final score of 2-0. The momentum kept building, and at the height of her popularity in 1920, she drew in a crowd of 52,000. Attendance like that wouldn't be seen again in women's soccer until 2012. It seemed as though her career was about to skyrocket, but it all nearly came to a standstill. She was two years into her career, and while she had fans that traveled just to see her, she, and all of women's soccer, also had critics. <laughs> there was still pushback from those that thought women had no place in sports. In the most infamous incident, a goalkeeper very rudely challenged her to beat him in a penalty shootout. Now, it's been lost to time if she was trying to make the shot, or deliberately aiming for him. But either way, he managed to save the shot. However, the force of her powerful left foot was strong enough to break the goalkeeper's arm. Lily's years of practice had paid off. Yet, in spite of her amazing skill, more powerful men spoke among themselves and made their choice. Falsely claiming that women were simply unsuitable for the game, the Football Association banned women from playing on their grounds. Suddenly finding themselves barred from training facilities and stadiums, women's teams across the nation had no choice but to play in any village field or open outdoor land they could find. Support for women's soccer declined, and the ban wouldn't be lifted until the 1970s. The Dick Kerr ladies lost the support of their factory, Lily Parr lost her job, and the team had to rebrand as the Preston Ladies. Many would have given up here, but not Lily Parr. In 1922, the newly named Preston Ladies set their sights on North America, but found that Canada's own Dominion Football Association also refused to allow women to play in their country. Of course, this wasn't going to stop them either. Undeterred, they went on to become the first English women's team to play in the United States, touring and competing against both men's and women's teams. When she returned to England, Lily Parr continued playing soccer. But she also worked as a nurse at the Whittingham Mental Hospital, and it was there that she met the woman that would become her partner and the love of her life, Mary. In love, as in soccer, no one could tell Lily Parr what to do. They bought a house together and lived openly as a couple. Lily Parr, at the age of 46, retired from soccer in 1951. By the end of it all, she had over 900 career goals. She lived out the rest of her life in peace with her partner until she passed away in 1978. Lily Parr lived long enough to see the Football Association's ban on women's football overturned in 1971, and saw women return to the beautiful game. 
Even now, people honor Lily Parr's legacy. She's been championed as both a soccer player and an LGBTQ icon. In 2002, Lily Parr was the only woman inaugural inductee into the English Football Hall of Fame at the National Football Museum. In 2019, the football association that first banned her announced that a statue of Parr would be unveiled at the National Football Museum within a year. Women's soccer now has a buzz and excitement that's growing around the world. So many young girls are seeing themselves represented in the beautiful game for the first time. But this level of support isn't new. Nearly a century ago, thousands of fans came out to watch women's soccer, and many of them came to watch Lily Parr. There's always been support for women in soccer, and as the greatest tournament approaches, let's take a moment to remember the women that came before us. Thank you, Lily. I hope you enjoy the matches to come. Sideline Tackle is written, hosted, and edited by Leslie Gideon. This episode was also written with additional assistance by T.H. Ponders. Check out their amazing art history podcast, Accession. If you like what you've heard, consider buying me a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the Leslie Gideon. Don't forget to rate and review Sideline Tackle on iTunes. It really helps the show out. Stay up to date with us on Twitter at Sideline Tackle. Have a topic you want explored? Send it in to sidelinetackle at gmail.com. If you want more content, sources, and transcripts, visit sidelinetackle.com. Remember, the game has 90 minutes. The rest is up to you.